Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. My name is David Bowden, and every week I sit down with one or several members of our church staff and host a conversation about how Bridgeway is seeking to fulfill its mission as the Church of Jesus Christ here in our city. If you are a member of Bridgeway, we hope this helps you more deeply engage with what God is doing in our midst. And if you aren't a part of Bridgeway, we hope you feel welcome and that our discussions may lead to more Christ-glorifying ministry in your own context. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Bridgeway Podcast. We are in week three of our little mini-series we're doing here on how the gospel shapes our core values here at Bridgeway. So we're looking at the five values that we have deemed essential for what we what we view as our culture here at Bridgeway, what are what are pillars and what are pivotal here. And uh, so far, we've ha- we've looked at um, love and how the gospel grounds it. We've looked at uh, the of worship and how the gospel grounds it. And today, we are going to talk about honor, which might be the first hard pivot you felt as uh, and like that doesn't feel like a standard Christianese kind of term that you would make a core value. But to help us kind of walk through that, we have Kelsey White in this, the podcast studio with us today. How are you, Kelsey? Good, good. Thanks awesome. for having me. And Kelsey, you're the Connections Pastor. Connections Pastor. Right. And yeah. so what does that mean? I, I like to say it, my job is to make a big church feel small. Okay. So we're not the biggest church around, but right. we know that when you come on a on a Sunday and you experience a large room of a lot of people, it can be hard to feel like you belong and get to know other people. And yeah. so that's what I'm here to do. Helping people connect. Yeah. Love that. Awesome. And so I, I think that's why I wanted you to come in and talk to us about honor, because it felt like a really, um, it feels like a connecting term. Like mm-hmm. to me, where it's like it's something that we do one to another in a really concrete way. It felt like a really practical term, and I think you've always helped me think through things practically, oh, and thanks, and man. so um, I'm excited to kind of dive into that. Um, but right off the bat, honor's not a not a word we use a lot in America. No, uh, it, we're not an honor shame culture or anything right. like that. And so I think it'd be really helpful for us to say like, what does honor mean as like a term? Like, how do we define honor? Do you have any thoughts on on that? Yeah, uh, there's probably about as many different ways to, to define honor as there are people. Right. Um, <laughs> what does it mean to honor this person over this person? Right. Would be different. Right. Is that what I, mean? I wish yeah. they'd honor me by blah blah blah. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, what does it mean to honor the flag? We have conversations oh, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but I, I I think in general you can boil it down to uh, saying the honor is essentially. Uh, what happens when you recognize through your actions mm. the worth of another. Okay, yeah. Uh, so when I think about that biblically, I think of commands like honor your father and mother. Right, What yeah. does that mean? That means submit to them. Uh, so that's the action you're saying. Right, okay. right. That's your action. You're, you're, uh, you're demonstrating through your actions the realization that uh, they are above you in authority. Right. Or uh, honor the Sabbath, you know, is recognizing that this is a day set aside by God and we're going to do something through our actions to recognize the value of that, uh, that day. day. Right. Yeah. Or uh, you can turn around the other way. So Jesus uh, says about the, the Pharisees that Isaiah prophesied rightly about them, that these people honor me with their lips, mm. but their hearts are far from me. Okay. So implying, be... implying that they're not actually honoring him when it's uh, not followed through by action. Interesting. Or it, like there was action, the lips part, like they were giving lip service, but there wasn't um, the right motivation behind it. Like, right. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So honor is an action, but it, it's also then an affection. 
Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It has to be. It sounds like based on like that, how Jesus kind of flipped it there is it's like honor is not just an action. It's also uh, an inclination. Like how I do I actually honor this thing in my heart? Right. Like, do I actually place it above all else? Because like, you know, you could you could in, in a sense have a um, I'm trying to think of like a really obvious subservient role, like a, a janitor. Mm-hmm. Right. Where it's like their job is very simple in, to understand. It's like they clean things. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and let's say that there's a head janitor and there's like a, an, like a, I don't know, like the, the janitor that's in charge of the second floor or something in a multi-floor building. And the, the second floor janitor does everything the head janitor tells him to do. He cleans everything he's supposed to clean, does it perfectly. But the whole time he hates the head janitor and hates the company. And, uh, his actions look like he's honoring the head janitor, right? right? Because he's doing what he says he's going to do be based on the role and the value that that person has uh, in his position, mm-hmm. right? But his heart is far from honoring him. Right. And and you you could probably say in, in that analogy, that person has, hasn't actually internalized the worth of the person. Oh, They've yeah, realized yeah, yeah. the authority and power of a person, mm-hmm. but they haven't actually internalized that person's worth. Right. That's really good. And so... I mean, if we if we understand how the Bible often has us view why we do what we do, we would probably say then that honor correctly executed first values that which is honorable and then acts on it. Right. right. Okay. Well, that's, okay, that's interesting. I, I'd be curious to open it up and, and kind of say like how how does the worldview honor, and is it any different than what we've just said? Like, I'm trying to think through that. Yeah, I I think we tend at least in the West and probably other cultures as well, to think about honor as something that is achieved mm. and something that you uh, acquire. So it's achieved in the fact that um, I have done something that's worthy of being honored mm-hmm. and I acquire it by ensuring that other people know about it or that other people recognize it. Mm-hmm. Um so we, we, I mean, we think of high political offices right. as, as being worthy of, of honor intrinsically in a sense right. because it's a high office. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, people compete mm-hmm. for that office. And once they are in that office, use that to ensure they're receiving the dignity that, that they believe they are, um, that they deserve. Right. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I immediately thought of like the Medal of Honor. Right. Where it's like for great acts in the field of battle or something like that, where it's someone's done something and uh, worthy of honor and they're given a badge to show everyone else that they deserve to be honored. Sure. And and it's and it still follows the same principle. It's, yes. It's a it's recognizing through actions uh, the worth of something. But I, I think the big distinction between Christians view of honor mm-hmm. and the rest of the world is that and the rest of the world. Honor is something that is achieved and earned, mm. and in Christianity, honor is something that is given to you by declaration of God. I see. So, okay, so for instance then, so are we saying then that just because a, a, a man and a woman gave birth to a person, <laughs> that doesn't in and of itself bequeath them with honor? Like, they're not deserving of honor? Because of what they've they've done, it, they are only we're only supposed to honor them because God has said honor honor your father and mother. Is that what we're saying? Uh, no, I I don't know if I would say that. I, sure, I've got to 
kind of think about. Yeah. Or, I mean, or you could think of it like uh, maybe an easier one mm -hmm. would be to talk about in, in the political sphere. Let's stay there. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, we could look at Romans when it, it tells us to submit to the governing authorities, mm -hmm. right? To give honor where honor is due, it right. says later. Right. And so uh, if we're going, uh, if we're going to do that, uh, because we know that well, King King Jesus is our King, right? Mm -hmm. He's our Lord is a political word, mm -hmm. but He's saying, "I know I'm your Lord, I know I'm your King, but I am commanding you to honor these other authorities right. because I've put them there." Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I I as God have instituted authority. I've instituted governing structures, mm -hmm. and uh, it is worthy of being honored. Right, but it's yeah. not like the world views it. Because we would say, based on the nature of that seat, or based on the nature of that person, mm -hmm. they have uh, either the seat or the person has earned the right to be honored. Right. Right. But we're saying no. Um, that person might be without honor. That might that person might be a scumbag. Mm -hmm. Right. Who got to that seat based mm -hmm. based on uh, all kinds of scorch earth political tactics or something, and that seat might actually be a seat that's oppressing people. Right. It, it was. It, it's. A, it could be a dictatorship. Right. Right. Like. Is the seat worthy of honor? No. But does it demand honor based on what it is? Yes. Yeah. And and so we're like, okay, so the person, neither the person nor the seat deserves honor, but God has said, give that person honor and right. submit to them because I've put them there. That breaks a lot of our categories. Right. Because right. it's honor bequeathed instead of honor earned. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's, it's easy to think about that in... Uh, structures, mm. uh, and, you know, like, because we, we've been talking about everything structurally, who's above who else, Oh, right? sure, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, but when we talk about honor at, at Bridgeway, and when you look at honor uh, biblically, especially in the New Testament, mm -hmm. what do you see? You see one another in commands. Yes. You see people that are brothers and sisters, uh, people that are um, fellow believers uh, called to honor one another. And mm -hmm. so then th that breaks our, our category of, uh, somebody being above another person in authority or mm -hmm. uh, value or achievement. Honor is no longer based on hierarchy. Right, right. It's an attitude that we're commanded to have towards equals. Right. Which does def definitely breaks our categories. Yes. That we, you only honor someone who's above you. You don't. And you definitely wouldn't honor someone below you. Mm -hmm. But but in the upside down kingdom of God, we are called to do that to to honor the poor and to honor the outcast and to honor the sick and like uh, to honor the sinner. Jesus ate with sinners, which in an honor shame culture in the first century was a great honor. If if a if a if a traveling prophet who has this great following comes to your house and eats with you, it's a massive form of honor that he is bestowing onto you and your household. It's no wonder why the Pharisees would be like, hey, why are you eating with sinners? Like, why are you honoring these horrible people, right? Like, right. I remember whenever my wife and I lived in the Philippines, we would go to the market and preach, like, out where people were, like, selling their produce and goats and stuff, and we would preach the gospel. And um, because we were white Americans, uh, people would invite us over to their home because they wanted someone who was an outsider or Westerner that they, they viewed as valuable to come to their home. And, and I was like, why would they want us to come over? Like, they don't know us. We don't have a relationship. And our translator told us well, it was because you would be bestowing honor on them in the sight of everyone if you ate at their house. Right. And so that's an interesting way that like to think about honor is that we've been commanded to honor others, mm -hmm. uh, even those who are our equals and those who are below us and definitely those who are above us. It's like, we're submitting to everyone, I think, as Ephesians 5 talks about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of think about honor and 
as really the way in which we follow all the one and one another in commands. Oh, okay. Throughout the New Testament. Yeah. To to bring it down to something really practical. So all of the one another commands fall into one of three broad categories. Okay. Uh, pursuing peace, reflecting God's love, mm. and encouraging godliness. Okay. Uh, and what's what's interesting is as I was as I was looking these up, um, many of them are then associated with honoring each other. Mm. And so what, what you have is this way of honoring each other that is actually encouraging each other and, and propelling each other on to uh, follow God, the, uh, follow God to pursue uh, Christian, the Christian life and uh, with ever more vigor mm-hmm. and, uh, and strength. And so that, that's the, the primary way in which Christians are honoring each other is actually a lot through a lot of these one another in commands. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. And so I can't help but think, let's kind of bring in the gospel here because yeah. uh, I'm, I'm about to just like go all out on it. It just feels <laughs> like it's creeping up on us and like being like, look at me, talk about me. And so let's look at the gospel from an honor standpoint, which mm-hmm. has been some of my favorite things that we've been doing through these core values is it's caused us to say, how would we narrativize the gospel through love language or through worship language? Now we're going to do it through honor language, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, how would you narrativize the gospel using honor terms, right? So like, I'll start. (laughs) So God deserves all honor. Mm -hmm. He's above everything. Yeah. And yet something happened, right? Well, I mean, go just go straight to Philippians yeah, two, and exactly. Paul does it for you, right? Yes, uh, Jesus, who is is worthy of all honor, mm-hmm. doesn't use his his position as something to be held on to, mm-hmm. but made himself nothing. Right, takes on the form of a servant, and and was chooses, dishonored. Was dishonored. Yeah, so he chooses actively to honor other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you At know, great personal cost to himself. Great personal cost, uh, and 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 he calls his disciples to mimic him in being servants of all, and and. Uh, ensuring that the world recognize them through their love and the way that they serve one another. Mm-hmm. And then through taking on the, the dishonor and the shame of the cross, you actually see uh, God elevating him to, to the highest, highest seat of honor. Right. Crazy. And so like God, okay, so God had all honor, has all honor, was over everyone deserving of all honor, uh, but decided to um, to dishonor himself, to allow himself to be dishonored, in order to um, not only, like, yes, he's restored his own honor, but then we're told that he gives us his honor, which is the weird thing, right? That he honors us right. in a sense because he then gives us his glory. He makes us co-heirs. He gives us his inheritance. He gives us the seats next to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, here at Bridgeway, Seth just preached on Daniel and he, you know, he talked about there's all these thrones that the son of men the people who are brought into God's kingdom will occupy. And so he's like, there's these seats next to him. And he says, come and sit in these places of honor. And it's like, we couldn't have gone there unless he took on our dishonor and gave us his. Right. And so it just like, that's crazy to yeah. think about the gospel in terms of an honor, like how he went from honor to shame to take our shame and give us honor. Right. Like that's, that's really beautiful. A beautiful way to think about the gospel, and so and that that changes fundamentally the way that we interact with each other, Mm. because now I'm not just operating and and interacting with somebody that is in the same position I am. I'm interacting with somebody that that Jesus uh, purchased at the cost of His blood, Mm -hmm. who uh, somebody who who Jesus died for and and bestowed honor upon. Right. Oh, so yeah. that leads me to treat you very, very differently because your worth now is not through something that you've achieved, but has actually been something that's been given to you. A high mm. value and price has been placed on you. 
And I need to recognize that mm -hmm. through my actions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting um, because now it's like, well, does that person really deserve me to treat them this way? Right. Right. That's the that's the question the world asks of honor. Like, yeah, we might not be in an honor shame culture here in the West. A lot of people are around the world, mm -hmm. and they ask that question at a really high level. It's they're always thinking of that. Like, right. does this person deserve me to treat them this way? But we still kind of ask that question. And what the gospel begs us to see is, th you should die for that person, whoever they are, because God died for them. Mm -hmm. Like, and if God would go to such great lengths, would leave His position of high honor to be so despairingly shamed there's you, you definitely don't occupy a high enough throne to to warrant you not stooping down to them like they are right. worth it and so it changes the dignity because i think honor and dignity go together right like in, in a sense like these people have dignity mm -hmm. and they're worth honoring like sure yeah and, and yeah. value has been the word we're using mm -hmm. so maybe we'll stick with that and so th these people have value no matter who they are um they made in the image of God and God died to, to ransom them. And right. so it doesn't matter if they are uh, just a hard person to get along with, <laughs> you know, or if they're a, a murderer, like these people we, we, we are told to honor and like you, you, it breaks a lot of our categories, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it goes back kind of to this three categories, you know, oh, right, serving, yeah. encouraging, unifying. So we've talked kind of about serving or we, not directly, but we've alluded to it. A lot, you know, we have, uh, even if we go back to Philippians 2, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, the context is mimicking Christ, right. uh, who we just placed in that uh, narrative of, of mm -hmm. honor. Um, but you also have commands like, as each has received a gift, gift use it to serve one another. Mm. So there's an, an, another one another command in serving. Wow, uh, and that, that changes the way we view a lot of things. Because in our world, if I have something valuable... You should honor me for my gift, right? Right. Think of a uh, think of like of like Lady Gaga, right? It's like she's got a people. Oh, I love her voice. It's such a gift. Oh my gosh, right? And we honor her for her gift. Mm -hmm. But the Bible comes to us and says, no. Uh, if you've been given a gift, use it to honor others, to serve others, to lift them up, to right. build them up, because that's what Jesus did. Because he had all gifts, all authority, all ability, and he laid that down to to come and serve us, to come and bless us, to honor us. And so it changes, like, if you have something, you have it not so that you would receive honor, but this, you might bestow honor on others. Yeah, and and I think what what we see is all all the gifts are given uh, and empowered by God to be used uh, to build up and encourage one another, particularly in the local church, mm -hmm. right? So, so my gift is is not primarily for my own upbuilding, but right. to be used to serve and build up the body of Christ in love. Yeah, absolutely. And so, when you place it in that context, I mean, it's I'm given something by somebody else to use for other people, and so it's it's not something I use to pump myself up. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's the whole problem we ran into, uh, or I say we, uh, that the, the Corinthian, Corinthian church ran into, oh, right? Yep. They're using their gifts to uh, um, pump themselves up and to show their worth and, and to show the, the different tiers of Christianity that mm -hmm. they've achieved. Yeah. So you're talking about 1 Corinthians 14, mm -hmm. talking about like, if you've been given a gift, use it to build up the church, right? right? He's And Paul's like, you know, I've got lots of gifts. You know, I speak in tongues more than all of you. 
And uh, But that's not a big deal. I don't really count that as anything. It's only worthwhile if I'm using those gifts to build up others. Right, right. Yeah, that's really interesting. So there's serving that, that is included with encouraging. Uh, and, and some of that is encouraging others into greater godliness. Yeah. Um, so you have uh, uh, Romans, uh, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, and outdo one another in showing honor mm. so actually the and i feel like that's kind of a summary of what he's saying to outdo each other and showing honor i used to view that as another thing to do right <laughs> i think it's actually summarizing this concept mm. of abhorring what is evil holding fast to what is good and having this uh, brotherly affection and unity mm-hmm. so so there what you see actually is recognizing that because you are are seated with christ and because of what christ has done for you and 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 in you and um, and because of the place that he has put you in, that we need to ensure that you are honoring the realization of what Christ has done by living a life that is uh, that that makes sense of that, mm-hmm. that reflects the position that you're in. Yeah, right. I can't help but think about um, this idea of encouraging other people in the in in honoring, like trying to tie these two together. Well, I don't think I've ever seen it like this before, so this is really helpful for me. Let's see if it's helpful for you. Is um, when we're encouraging others, we're building them up, and and what we're doing is we're building up into the image of Christ. Like that's what mm-hmm. we're all trying to do. Is like we want to look more like Jesus. Right. And so what we're doing is we're trying to, as we serve people and as we encourage them and as we lead them into greater godliness, like you've said. We're trying to show them um, how Christ has already honored them. Mm-hmm. Like we're trying to show them that you are a spotless, blameless, blood-bought bride of Christ. Like there's no higher honor to be given to anyone. And so right. I'm going to treat you like you are that. And uh, sometimes that will mean me like treating you like uh, different than you think you're supposed to be treated because you think you're Kelsey mm-hmm. <laughs> and you you don't see yourself as this, you know, shining, glorious object that Jesus has bought and transformed. Uh, oh, what, what, C.S. Lewis says something about this, where it's like, if, if, if I can't, I'm not, this is going to be a, a, not a direct quotation. I think it's the weight of glory. I think it's from that sermon. I can't okay. remember though. But he, he talks about how if for one moment we would see, we could see each other um, as we actually were in Christ with all our glory and honor that he's bestowed on us, we would drop down and worship one another. <laughs> and, yeah. it, like, and it's like, if we could see each other like that, then it's like, let me help you see who you are. Like, let me show you how much Jesus has done for you. Let me, let me, let me speak that over you. Let me encourage you. You, you aren't condemned. You're saved. You aren't, you aren't stained. You're, you're spotless. Like you aren't an orphan. You're a bride and a son. Like right. all these things go together. I just can't, I can't help but like, uh, that's going to stick in my head is this idea of seeing someone who, who, for who they are in Christ and, and you serve them and encourage them for the end of helping them enjoy who they are and see who they are. Right. And, and it works both ways mm. when we see, uh, dearly loved brothers and sisters that begin to live a life in sin and are no longer mm. abhorring what is evil, our response to them isn't to uh, correct them out of, out of anger right. or out of fear. What we're actually doing uh, for a, a believer is having them recognize the position they're really in. Right. Um, so to bring that into terms that, that we experience and, and think about commonly in, in the West, um, without trying to make a, a political statement, we, we can think of the, the office of, of a president. Sure. Right. And so if, if a president 
acts a way that that the, the public deems uh, wrong for a president to act in, mm-hmm. uh, what do we say? That's beneath the dignity of the office. Right. Right. Yes. And yes. so we're saying the same thing to, to believers. You are seated with Christ, mm-hmm. and what you're doing is beneath the dignity, and that shouldn't be possible for mm-hmm. somebody that is in the position that you're in. And we're calling you to to live in a way that reflects the position that you've been in. Right. So that's actually honoring to you to, to call you to live yes. with the worth that you've been given. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've talked about uh, two of your three biblical categories that you said all the one anothering commands can go into. Mm-hmm. There was uh, s- serving? Serving. Uh, encouraging. Right. Okay. And then what was the third one? Unifying. Okay. So let's talk about unifying and how honoring fits into all that. So thoughts on how <laughs> unity and honor go together? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, part part of, of honor is, is um, automatically leads into unity, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so this isn't just unity as in getting along. Oh, but right. With, in Christianity, it's actually also unity of, of faith and, and belief mm-hmm. uh, that we are seeking to call each other to greater uh, godliness mm-hmm. in life, but but also into in to, to deeper knowledge and intimacy with uh, Jesus, which requires a right knowledge of him. And so um, this, this idea of building up the church in love uh, right in, in Ephesians and and is also associated with not being little children tossed to and fro by the waves mm-hmm. and to being uh, uh, growing up into mature, mature manhood to, to the full measure and stature of, of Christ. So you actually have a, a not only a unit a filial yeah, unity, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you you have a unity of, of belief and understanding. Right. So is this kind of like at the beginning of the Christ hymn that we keep going back to in Philippians two, where it's like. Uh, have the same mind, right, that kind of right, idea. Right. Okay. Um, so it sounds like we're saying that that our our unity that we have, um, without going into other, uh, there's there's multiple contributors to spiritual unity. Right. Right. One that the Bible constantly talks about is Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit binds us together in unity. But here we're talking about honor, which is another way that we're bound together. We're we're kind of told that several times. We've looked at a few of those passages. We're saying that it, it's first grounding is that if we are all standing, or I should say, kneeling around the throne of honor, mm-hmm. uh, around God, and we're saying we all honor Him first. Then that decision and that 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 faith should, in a sense, at least give us some common ground for unity. If we're all around the same throne, serving the same King, uh, you you know, you kind of use some more like like theology, where it's mm-hmm. like what we believe and our orthodoxy and like those kind of things come together. But at the very least, as I honor Jesus above all else and place Him above everything else, uh, you know, party lines and denominations and whatever else. In some sense, we're we're gonna find unity because like, oh, you honor Jesus above everyone too. Cool, right? Like that's good. Um, so that's I think a starting point is mm-hmm. as we all come around Jesus and honor Him above everything, we find common ground, we find unity. Um, but then there's also I think interpersonal unity that's created as we outdo one another in honoring. Right. Yeah. Right. As as I'm, it, it's really really difficult to be. Uh, relationally broken if I'm doing everything I can to serve you. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, man, it's really hard to uh, to leave this church and like to feel disunity from it because uh, everyone's just serving me really well. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's you, you don't often come into a dysfunctional church that has fraction like uh, f- uh, f- what's the word I'm looking for? Fra- fact. Factions. Factions. Yeah. Uh, popping up in it and being like, 
oh, I know the problem. Everyone's honoring each other. <laughs> like It's usually just people back talking and saying like, oh, so-and-so ha- is beneath me and oh, or so-and-so is trying to put themselves above us. And mm-hmm. there's, it's usually whenever things are moving from unity to disunity that we find a lack of honor. Like those right. two things go together. Right. I remember one person saying to me one time, there's no cap on the amount that you can serve somebody else. Mm. You know, nobody will ever stop you from serving more. Right. And and so in, in, in every other system, uh, there is a cap to the authority that I can have or there is a cap to where I can be on the leadership ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there is no cap downward. I can I can serve and serve and serve and serve right. as much as I want and dedicate myself to that as much as I want and there's no limit to the amount I can serve other right. people. Right. So you're saying yeah, like so the the ceiling is capped but the basement is limitless. Right. Right. You can only go so high but there's always lower. You can like, you know, in a sense. Like there's always more to do as a servant. But as a leader, you can only go so far, right? And and, and I think we we kind of have this, um, the our our, our Western world, and, and I I think the world in general actually has a backwards view of honor. Then mm-hmm. it, it's honor is uh, only bestowed upwards, mm-hmm. or bestowed downwards from from somebody that is in higher place of honor, right? Uh, but but in the in the uh, kingdom of Jesus, it works the other way, mm-hmm. right? The, the greatest among you is a servant. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. So it's not only honor those below you, it's as you take the position of least honor, you're bestowed with more honor. Right. Which is so weird. So I, I think this is where how we live out honor and how Jesus lived out honor, the gospel and honor, really come together. Mm. Is look at, look at the gospel. Uh, if we want to say, like, what does the most you know like how do you how do you achieve the most power or action or effectiveness in this world it'd be like oh man ceo of google you know and it's like that's a coveted position you know the the ceo of ge or whatever and it's like those places like it's the highest ceiling possible in our world you know those kinds of places and surely they have the most unilateral effect across our earth and we're like no look at what jesus did Right, he took the lowest place of a servant, um, did the most shame, like took all our shame on himself, dishonored himself to the lowest place, became the servant of all, and look at the change it's had on our world. It completely transformed it. Right, there's no one in a higher seat of power than Jesus because no one went to the depths he went as a servant. Right, and so it's like. Do you want to have a bigger effect in this world? Like, do you want to uh, really see your church flourish? Do you want to see those around you look more like Jesus? Do you want to like affect change? All these things that our generation is talking about. Like, we're all angsty and wanting to do things. It's like, oh, limitlessly serve. Right. There is so much room to run. <laughs> there is limitless possibilities. Like the, the 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 possibilities and the and the and the opportunities get smaller and smaller the higher you go. But the lower and lower you go, there's a billion things to do, mm-hmm. like, which I think is, I don't know if I ever thought of it like that. It's really helpful for me Yeah. Uh, to be like, if I want to do more, I go lower. Right. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Nobody's going to stop you. No one's going to stop you. Um, <laughs> and, and, and in yeah. fact, actually the opposite, you know, Jesus promises to empower you to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. And so um, as we wrap up here then, um, what does, what does honor on a day to day kind of, uh, for the, for the uh, let's say just for an average bridgeway 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 listener, I can say the name of our church. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does what does honor look like for them? Like, how should we be thinking about? Okay, I've listened to this podcast. I feel like God's commanded me to honor those around me. 
Um, I want to go lower and serve because there's so much room for that. And I want to look like Jesus. Like, what does that look like? <laughs> yeah. Well, how do we honor people today? Well, I, I think there's two ways to think about it okay. in, in, in the life of, of uh, somebody from, from our church, from, from sure. Beachway. Um, we've talked about the theology of, of the one another commands. Mm-hmm. And so I don't need to explain that again. Mm-hmm. Some of the ways that we live that out are through um, Sunday morning service teams, people serving on Sundays uh, in the context of the local church, uh, using their gifts that God has given them to build up the body of Christ. Uh, We have community groups. So we meet in community, not just so that we can be relationally uh, bonded to one another, although that's part of it, but Mm -hmm. to spur each other on to to greater faith. and then the, the one thing I, I want to hint on is, is we also do that to spur each other on towards mission. Yeah, right. So, so there, there, there we have our three in the one another in commands, right? We have, we have serving, we have encouraging one another, we have unifying in, in faith. Um, but to the outside, to the outsider who's, who's not one of the one another's, mm-hmm. um, we actually exemplify honor through evangelism. Mm-hmm. So what we are recognizing is that uh, these people that are far from God that we dearly love and that we know that God dearly loves are made in the image of God and that they are, um, as, as people made in the image of God uh, and somebody that he desires mm-hmm. uh, to have come into relationship with him, the greatest way we actually honor somebody that's not uh, a part of, of uh, the the Christian fellowship yet is to share the gospel with them and call them into that relationship, to call them into unity, mm-hmm. to call them into uh, faith, and uh, to to begin serving them. And so, um, a very famous magician, at, at least here in the U.S. and I'm sure in, in many other places, Pendulette, uh had a youtube video that then went viral where somebody had given him a bible and and told him uh asked him to to read it told him he he loves his his magic uh and it breaks his heart that that this person isn't a believer pen mm. pendulette's a, a devout atheist well well known for mm. for his uh beliefs that that christianity's uh a, a joke um but pendulette in this video is almost in tears about how how this person um honored him Wow. And, and he, he's, he said this, I, I wrote it down uh, to quote it. He said, if you believe there's a heaven and a hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life, and then later said, how much do you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? Mm. Yeah. So the way that I honor somebody that isn't a believer is to share the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's really powerful. It's, re- it's really strong. Um, I, I also just can't help but think about like, what are we, what are we calling them to? It's not only, um, if we're going to stay in the honor arena, you know, mm-hmm. we, to honor someone, like if there's a heaven and a hell, if you're going to really honor that person, it wouldn't be to pass them by and and let them slip right. into destruction. It would be to honor them and say, you're valuable, come and receive life. Right. Right. But to st- but then what are we calling them to? What is this life is we're saying, come join us around the throne. Mm-hmm. Right, come honor that which is most honorable. Because when we think about honor, our world is broken because it honors the wrong things. Right, it be it calls dishonorable things honorable. Right, and mm-hmm. it it calls good it calls evil good and good evil. And so it, it, its value systems are broken. And so we're, what we're saying is we're saying I'm honoring you by sharing that which is most honorable. 
I want right. to reorient your life around that which truly has the highest office, that which truly has the most value. And the rest of your life will be reordered correctly if you could put the the king on the throne in the right place, in the right order, at the top most like center of your prominence in your life. Um, so I think it's really interesting. If evangelism, looking at evangelism from an honoring standpoint, I think is really interesting where it's we're not honoring people by letting their... Um, disordered values languish and lead them to destruction. We're only honoring people. We say, Hey, look, honor what's most honorable right. and you'll be saved <laughs> and your whole life will be reoriented around that, which is true and good. And, um, man, yeah, I, this, this has just given me so much more language. I've never thought of, I've never thought about honor so deeply. I don't think, <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> which is really fun. Um, man, anything else you want to hit on before we wrap up here? Well, well let me just, Talk about the way we describe honor in our vision statement. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's part of what we're doing. So now you have a big background for it. Uh, so we say, as a diverse spiritual family, we are committed to honoring and encouraging one another in love, service, and humility, exhorting each other to hate evil and pursue go- good mm. as we strive to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. So I think we've hit on, on, we've had on a lot all of those, those things, right? Yeah. We haven't hit on as a diverse. Right. So that might be good to wrap up with that. Well, I think that I think that goes back to to unifying, right? So, right. So we've got unity and diversity. What what is what is our uh, the the end to, uh, of time that we're looking forward to in Revelation five? Mm-hmm. It's that all these diverse people right. are coming to honor that thing which is most honorable, mm-hmm. and and they do it not by uh, removing all the diversity, but by all cherishing the same thing. Right. And in their own diverse cultures and languages. Yeah, you can think about like. Um, uh, any kind of commodity, be it a singer, a video game, a movie, anything like that, right? That uh, it rises to a higher level of prominence if the whole world gets behind it. Where it's right. like, oh, sure, it was a good movie. It did well in U.S. box offices. But it's like it becomes a global phenomenon when every culture, given all their backgrounds, all their different predilections, everything that they like and don't like, for some reason, everyone loves this song or this movie or this mm-hmm. game. And it's like, that must be a really good song or movie or game if everyone likes it. Like, it seems like every culture loves this thing and they didn't have to leave behind their culturalness, their distinctiveness to enjoy it. And that's what's ultimately good about God and what bestows him with even more honor is because everyone he says everyone bring all your cultural distinctiveness mm-hmm. right and you will find that i am deserving of your honor because right. he is the best thing which is really cool and so i mean if we're going to think about it from that way is is it since we're all from different cultures being called to sit around the the one throne which deserves all honor um, that's there. I mean, it's like they say the ground is level at the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the ground is also level in, in the throne room <laughs> where it's like, look, we're all kneeling before the same throne. Right. So like, how dare we put ourselves over anyone else based on, um, an economic standpoint or a social one or a geographical one or uh, a racial one, a- anything like that, because it's like, we all are honoring the same King and he's leading me then to serve you and calling me to obey him in going lower. And then running after you with honor. Yeah, right? th- yeah, yeah. One, and, and I think you described it better th- than I'm going to, but I just want to reiterate it: is, is to the extent that we are diverse, we show the value of that thing which we're all honoring, mm. right? If if only one very specific narrow type of person right. honors this thing, it's not intrinsically honorable to the whole world, right? Right. There, there is a a very narrow range of. Uh, Men with plaid shirts and beards that 
uh, wear a certain type of glasses and that really, really love very expensive, uh, uh, what did I forget? Coffee? I'm, I'm in a specialty coffee. Coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the, the sad part yeah. is I drink more coffee than anybody that's I true. know. So I, I lost the word. But, and, and that, that's not to falsely categorize people, but I'm, oh, I'm, no, I'm no, saying, no. yeah. If you have something that appeals to a, a, a smaller range of people, it's it's very different than than something that a wide, wide, diverse range of, of, of people all honor. And so I think at Bridgeway, though we may not actually be able to represent every nation on earth. In fact, right. it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, what we should see is we want to strive for diversity, not because we think that uh, we we have to uh, follow our, our, our cultural movement right. uh, and the way they place a high emphasis on diversity. We're actually placing a, a emphasis on diversity because we believe that the more diverse we are, the greater the testimony that is to the honor that that's worthy of, of Jesus. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's really, really strong. Um, I think that's a good place to end. Um, man, so honor, there it is. Gospel-centered honor. That's a good core value. I, I think that was probably, as I was looking at the five, it was the one I felt like had the least weight to me right you know because it i it's, I just don't think in categorical terms like it, it, or in the category of honor yeah really. you didn't honor it i didn't honor honor <laughs> <laughs> but now i do and so uh that's really good thank you kelsey for, for helping us wa- walk through that um so next week we're going to be able to sit down with two pastors uh here at bridgeway andy edwards and um and matt palmer and talk about what uh courageous faith looks like as a pillar of one of our core values. So um, I encourage you guys to uh, come back in a week and listen to that. And until then, we hope you have a great time and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bridgeway Podcast, where you will find a new conversation every Thursday. For more information about Bridgeway Church, we invite you to visit bridgewaychurch.com or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at bridgewayokc or on Facebook at facebook.com slash bridgewaychurchokc. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on the podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at bridgewaychurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review on the podcast app as it helps other people like you find our program. So on behalf of all the pastors and staff here at Bridgeway Church, I'm David Bowden saying thanks for listening and we will see you next week.